It's news to us the week of October 19th. Welcome to the show. Katie and Jason are there. Hey, guys. I'm here. Hi. Man, let's get to it. So much, really, not a lot of time for bullshit this week because um, we have a guest to get to, but there's also a lot going on with the election, so we're going to kind of focus on what's happening with uh, big seats, what's happening in the Senate, what's happening with the, the big office, and why Donald Trump probably... Uh, said this. Why did he say he wanted to leave the country if he loses the election? I'm not going to feel so good. Maybe I'll have to leave the country. I don't know. That's probably a good idea, and we'll tell you why. He should probably get his jet fueled up right now. And then we're going to talk to Emily Kincaid. She is running for uh, state in Pennsylvania, and she is a very interesting person, and she's going to be part of our election coverage tonight. So we'll see what she has to say. For over a decade, I've been advocating for those who have been denied a voice. And we need that kind of champion in Harrisburg now more than ever. It's news to us with Eddie, Jason, Katie, and Chris. Holy sh! Wait, we got a, <laughs> what just happened? We have a special guest on the line. What? Whoa. Guys, what? surprise, Chris, surprise. Not much. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Thanks. Katie and Jason had no idea Chris would be here this week. Surprise. Jason's shocked. He's speechless. I think Jason is is he's shivering and crying in the corner. I'm picking my nose. (laughs) (laughs) He really was. (laughs) I was not. I was massaging my mustache. Yeah. My mustache. I was massaging it. You're massaging something once you heard Chris was here. That's for sure. Hey. 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 Yeah. Good to have Chris join us. Chris uh, says he's doing good. You guys already asked him that question, so I won't. Uh, but yeah. yeah, moving along, moving along. But but how are you? Is is what everybody really wants to know. Have you had the Rona? <laughs> no, no, uh, no Rona for me or my wife. So this household remains Rona free. What about you? Rona free. It's the way to be. As far yeah. as we know, anyway. Yeah. Uh, it, it's getting yeah. closer. It seems to be creeping closer, though. Yeah, we got to be very careful. By the way, if you are a new listener or if you haven't listened in a while, Chris would normally join us regularly. He hasn't been with us in a little while uh, because of some work obligations, but uh, good to have Chris back here. Um, and of course, we haven't you. seen him in person for months because of coronavirus. Yeah, and that too. Yeah. And some of our listeners have never even seen him, and that's the saddest thing. It's Super like sad. Dawn of the Dead where they're trapped in the mall and they're communicating with that guy in the gun store with like sharpies and whiteboards. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love the insight that you bring to the show, Chris. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, My perspective is invaluable. Our election coverage continues here in just a moment. And by the way, we are live on election night. If you're listening on Adobe radio, uh, we're in a podcast. I don't care where you're listening. We're going to be live on election night covering everything so uh tune in right here screw msnbc and cnn and i don't care where you get like to get your news uh twitter don't don't bother just hang out with us instead we're a lot more fun and we're gonna mess up and not so about much our, uh, <laughs> yeah we're probably gonna, not about the election well i'm gonna call a winner as soon as we get on the air like the first thing out of my mouth and see if see if the major news uh picks it up 
We'll be the first to break it. Yeah, well, I just want to be first. I just want to be first to say who the the, the winner is. We like guarantee we'll be the first to call it. California for Biden. Joe Biden. You're calling California for Biden. That's really risky and controversial. Can't believe, Chris. I'm also going to call Colorado for Biden. Ooh, hot wow. take. Hot take. Um, our social media has been on fire again. Uh, Katie put out this great poll. Do you think the White House is new? COVID plan for herd immunity is a good idea. This is its news to us on Twitter. Uh, if not, tell us why in the comments. Uh, we had many people vote on this. Guess what the results were. Do What's the percentage? What do you think? How many people think that the, the herd immunity idea is good? Zero percent. That is correct. Zero percent. <laughs> I wonder if Jason looked at that poll. I, I really did not look at the poll. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, hundred percent. Humanity has been restored. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, uh, danger. Uh, Barry's vinyl at Barry's vinyl on Twitter says, even if we take ethics out of it, which we shouldn't, the science doesn't support just healthy, low risk people creating herd immunity, which requires around ninety percent of the population to have the virus. Which also, like, people are getting more uh, reinfected with COVID over and over again, too. Yeah. It also is that. So this is just a really stupid idea. Small percentage, though, Eddie. Like, let's not strike fear into the hearts of everyone listening. It's, it's a small percentage. Well, so far, but it's yeah. happening, which makes herd immunity not really possible. And I'd also like to point out that herd immunity is not 90%. I think it's more 60. in the range of 60 to 70 yeah. Yep, and then Alex to Earth, uh, actually Alex uh, from Adobe, she says, they tried that in the UK, thousands of infections, deaths, overrun hospitals, and our spike was the biggest in Europe, so our government realized it probably wasn't a good idea. There's also that too, and plus we're going to kill people, it's it's not ethical. People well, are going to die. I know I know Sweden is uh, uh, trying for this, and you know they, they went without having as many restrictions. So I just would like to say uh, to everyone listening, be cautious when you're uh, shopping at Ikea. <laughs> oh, don't throw Ikea under the bus. <laughs> I mean, you can't do that. I just did it. Chris agrees. His silence speaks volumes. Oh, yes. Yes, I do. I mean, we can't talk crap about Ikea because every piece of furniture where I live is made out of Ikea. And if I put that karma out there, like the bookshelf is going to collapse on my head. Can't do it. Jason won't let me buy stuff from IKEA. Oh, fancy <laughs> people over there! Put it together. Let, let, let's go ahead and move along. Uh, okay, uh, we also went viral again on Twitter. Every week we're going viral. Now the pressure is on. I feel like we have to do this every week. But this got 350 comments on um, Twitter. How much did you get paid at your first job? Which is just a stupid, fun question. And in uh, 2001 or 2002, five fifteen an hour minimum wage for me. Uh, how about you guys? First job. Uh, about the same time, but I was making seven twenty five an hour. Ooh, no wonder why Jason yeah. locked that down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't you really know, I remember how much I made. I just remember it was minimum wage, but I don't remember what minimum wage was and. Yeah, fall 2002. So I'm going to take Eddie's word for it and say five something. Five fifty. I actually had to look it up. So allegedly it was, but some people were like, they had some really interesting comments. One person was like, I was making a dollar an hour back in the 50s. And, and then the other people were like, 
I was making um, $3 an hour as a waitress and I was able to afford my own home. And I was like, yeah. what? And then like, it just kind of brought out this conversation about income inequality and how we're not paying people enough. And it got really depressing. So I stopped reading people's replies. <laughs> it is also worth pointing out that uh, the federal, federal minimum wage at this point is $7 and 25 cents an hour. Only. Wow. Yeah. Mm. And 20 years, like nothing. Living at home, 15 years old. Yeah. Well, follow us news <laughs> to us on Twitter. We're always interacting throughout the week. And now our election coverage continues right here. The best, the best, the best coverage. Only the okay. best, right? Can we start doing that? Call everything. There we go. Vote or die. It's news to us. Election 2020 coverage continues. All right. Um. Oh, I did want before our election coverage, though, just real quick. This is a real headline that I just saw before we came on the air. This is breaking news. This is the headline from theweek.com. Trump reportedly invited a waiter into a top secret intelligence briefing room to order a milkshake. Nice. That is a real headline. Um, His milkshake brings all the proud boys to the yard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Trump said, quote, we have the best malts. You have to try them. And then the waiter came into the room, and then I guess the CIA and top of officials in security, they say that this is the malt episode, and it's become legendary inside the CIA. So that was a precursor of uh, DJT's failing in uh, intelligence and reading his presidential daily briefings. Yeah. <laughs> right. Anyways, that's what we're dealing with here. But on to the election. Katie, what is happening with the Senate race? Um, well, there's quite a few interesting Senate races going on right now. Overall, 538 has Dems chances of taking control of the Senate at 76 to 24 odds. So wow. it's not bad. I like those odds. And there's yeah. a couple of like really interesting races going on here in Colorado. We have one Corey Gardner and John Hickenlooper. And it looks like Corey Gardner is going to, you know, he's going to eat shit because he's really been sucking <laughs> thank god go back to where is he from again uh, who knows like what like eastern call <laughs> he's from eastern colorado where there's a lot of cow manure yeah he can go kick a turd they can eat it <laughs> yeah eat a turd ingest it <laughs> kick it and then lick it off his boots <laughs> yes something yep. to that effect <laughs> I th- we'd all pay good money to see that. Also in Kentucky, that's a uh, interesting race as well with Moscow Mitch, Mitch McConnell, Senate Majority Leader, going up against Amy McGrath. Yeah, five thirty-eight has Moscow forecasted to win ninety-six to four right now. Ah, I know. What it's is wrong with you, Kentucky? I thought it was a lot closer than that. For some reason, I did too. I think when it first started out, there were Paul saying that she was ahead of Moscow Mitch. Yeah. uh, mm, All right. I would also like to point out that we can't trust polls right now because back in 2016, Hillary Clinton was 91% favored to win the election. Yeah, nationally. Just saying. I mean, don't trust the polls. When you look at state polls, it's different. Vote. Gotta vote. Yeah, that's all true. Just vote. And I don't know how you could uh, vote for Mitch McConnell when he was asked during this went viral, a debate with Amy McGrath, his opponent, 
Uh, Moscow Mitch was asked about uh, the Senate's response to COVID and how they are kind of holding up. Well, not kind of. They are stalling more stimulus, and he just started laughing like a an evil maniac. Did you guys see this clip? I'll uh, play the audio right now. Here, I did not see it in May, and and this this this. Senate went on vacation. I mean, you just don't do that. You, you negotiate. Senator, it is a national crisis. Yeah. You knew that the coronavirus wasn't going to end at the end of July. We knew this. I mean, I just think you've got to. And here's the thing. If you want to call yourself a leader. So, Bill. You, you, if you want to call yourself a leader, you got to get things done. And those of us- I just killed hundreds of thousands of people. Man, yeah. your laugh is spot on. Totally. Way better than your Trump. I'm Mitch McConnell. <laughs> I'm I, think, I think Mitch McConnell's your spirit animal. <laughs> I mean, he's disgusting. He has hundreds of bills sitting on his desk that he should be passing to help people, and he's not. All he cares about is his stupid fucking judges. He's becoming more and more. He's. I think he's shifting into Palpatine territory. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty pretty evil. You know, yeah, just put a like a power race at this point. If you put like one of those dark hoods over him, he would look just like Palpatine. Yeah. At this point. Um, like yeah. Uh, Lindsey yeah, Graham. like the Joker because he doesn't, even though he's really evil, like if he went to trial, he'd probably end up in like a mental hospital. He's not necessarily responsible for his actions. He's not in touch with reality. But McConnell knows what he's doing. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. He's been doing this for 10 years. This was all his this part is, of his plan. Yeah, his plan's coming to fruition. Another piece of shit is Lindsey Graham. And, uh, well, I was really hoping that, and this is uh, South Carolina, I was really hoping that Jamie Harrison uh, would be able to do this. But I don't know. I, I don't want to, like, be a naysayer, but it's not really looking like it. What are no, they, what I mean, are the odds? had a huge fundraising haul. Like, huge. The biggest in the country I think in our history for a Senate race. That is correct. Yep. Yeah, and that's that's why some people are saying there might be an upset with this as we get closer, but I don't know. That's just optimism. But if you're voting for Lindsey Graham or you you know, you probably shouldn't, and here's why. Um <laughs> there's many reasons why. Many, many reasons. But yeah. this is this yeah. is reason number five thousand that happened just last week uh during the uh the Supreme Court confirmation hearings for Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, Lindsey Graham made a joke about segregation. The good old days of segregation. He tried, this is a quote-unquote joke. He's no. jo- yes. Before I play the no. clip, yes? I was just going to say, not my Teddy Graham. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, Teddy Graham. there is a rumor that he has a different nickname. Um, his, he has male escorts, allegedly, and they call oh. him they call him Lady G. So, <laughs> FYI, that's a rumor. And one of the reasons you can say with confidence that you think Brown versus Board of Education is super precedent is that you're not aware of any effort to go back to the good old days of segregation by a legislative body. Is that correct? That is correct. I've also. Yeah. So he made this off color joke. and He did have to apologize. Now, what I really like is the apology because I think he digs himself in a hole. Have you guys heard the apology? No. no? OK, man. Here we go. 
Was it this morning? Yeah, this morning when you were asking about oh. it. You, if you, anybody was listening to who I am and what I said, you know that it was with deep sarcasm. Oh, yeah. That I sounded so sarcastic, didn't it? Yeah. Deep, deeply sarcastic. Suggested that some legislative body would want to yearn for the good old days of segregationism. The point that I'm trying to make, there is nobody in America in the legislative arena. Right, so, yeah, it was with deep sarcasm. That's like the go to now for the GOP. They say something extremely racist or off color and they say, oh, it's just being sarcastic when well, I they, drop the N word. Their truths out loud. Yeah, like they do. They're consistent now as they just say their truths out loud. Then they say, oh, I'm just joking. JK. LOL. JK. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, disgusting. But overall, though, the, the Dems chances of taking control of the Senate, as Katie said, 76 to 24 odds. So vote, everybody. Vote. I mean, unless you like people who joke about segregation, that's like the least bit disgusting thing Lindsey Graham has ever done, believe it or not. Or if you enjoy Moscow Mitch not helping out Americans and uh, and laughing at uh, relief for everybody, um, go ahead and vote for those guys and and the party that they are supported by. Go ahead. Do it. I don't care. <laughs> yes, I do care, actually. Don't. Stop it. Um, Knock it off. So... We'll, we'll uh, get on to what's in our election coverage as it continues with what's happening in uh, what's happening with the, the Biden Trump race here in just a moment. But we have a, a sponsor first fight camp. Have, uh, this is really cool. It's really hard to I mean, you can't go to the gym right now. I'm not comfortable going to the gym. So I've been trying to figure out some home workouts and fight camp. This is the perfect home workout. Not only can you do it from home, but it's also one of those workouts where you're not going to get bored. This is like something you sign up for and it becomes part of you. It becomes a hobby. It becomes something that you continue to get good at. It's like a martial art sort of thing. Uh, so they have like, they give you this, this punching bag. It's the best punching bag on the market, boxing gloves, wraps. And uh, then you start going for it with this, um, this app, I guess the, the punching bag has iOS uh, sensors on there, and then you can track your progress through the app as you're trained by uh, highly trained professionals. It's just super cool. What, what, are you, what did you guys think of this fight camp? Uh, I really like that they offer kids gloves because it's meant to be enjoyed by the whole family, right. and the kid size gloves means our whole family can enjoy it. Yeah, and th that's awesome. That's a great point, too. And you're going to love this. So if you want to try it out for free, you can. You can download the Fight Camp app and then select the workout of your choice. But if you're really interested in getting serious about this, um, there's a lot of cool things that you can do with it. I mean, you're going to you're going to love it. And if you if they do a financing option, too, and it ends up being less than a lot of gyms monthly, if you want to go that way. And I know a lot of people aren't paying gym dues, so this might be an option for you. Uh, so flexible financing as low as 0% APR. And right now, limited time offer. You can try Fight Camp for 30 days with their money back guarantee. Go to joinfightcamp.com slash NTU. Again, if you're going to try it out for free, don't forget that we have this offer for you after you fall in love with it. Joinfightcamp.com slash NTU. 30 days. If you don't love it, they're going to refund your money. So train like a fighter and turn your sweat into results. 
Uh, Fight Camp, 30 days. Just go to joinfightcamp.com slash NTU. Okay, the uh, Dirty Deets continues. The Dirty Deets. An in-depth look at this week's most important stories. The Senate, uh, well, we just covered that, but what's happening with the big the big office? What What's big, going on? The big race, the yeah, presidential the big race. Bread that we're going to be covering live again uh, on Adobe Radio. Join us. What's going to be happening in some key states? Or what is happening well, right now? I mean, what's going on? Well, Florida, uh, Biden is ahead by uh, 2.3 points. 2.3 points, yeah. That's correct. And that's early good. voting oh, that's, just started today in Florida. So Florida so traditionally was, deep red. Uh, it can swing both ways, but I think it typically trends red. It does trend red, but they voted Obama in twenty in two thousand eight and twenty twelve. Right. Okay. Pennsylvania, and, Biden, and, and over the last six months, Biden's taken uh, um, the vote from uh, the older crowd, sixty five and up. They're all swinging towards Biden at this point. So it seems like, you know, if you look at all the information out there, Florida may be trending blue this election cycle. Yes. And that's, yeah, one of those key states. And uh, as we remember with the 2000 election, a lot of fuckery can happen in Florida. So if it's an overwhelming blue victory, then that is going to be good news for our sanity. Yeah. yeah and also if Florida, if, if Trump does lose Florida, I do not believe he has a path to win the presidency. No matter whatever, everything else happens. If he doesn't get Florida, he's not going to win. Well, I don't know. When you think about Ohio, it's not it's not as many electoral votes, but they have voted for every victor since 1964. Interesting. Well, I it will, so right now, uh, Biden is uh, oh, no, Trump is ahead by one point seven points. So it's a very it's yeah. it's a toss up in o, in Ohio right now. Yeah, that could be a statistical error. Way to rain on my parade. I know I they're know. opposite. I know, and and Florida's way more electoral votes. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. What do you think, Chris, about all of this? I know that you are a you keep up on all the electoral college stuff. Yeah, I, I get Ohio would be uh, what you would call a bellwether, just, you know, because they're just skating that line and, you know, it, their ability to predict which way the election goes. But, uh, uh, you know, I haven't been following the electoral math quite as closely this time. Um, you know, I think with the way things broke down for Hillary Clinton, four years ago, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't uh, put all my chips in and say that Trump can't win without Florida, but his path to victory is probably razor thin without it. It's super narrow, and he Biden's ahead in so many other states that without Florida, I don't know that he can do it. I think this election cycle is pretty crazy. The, the fact that um, Texas is a toss-up at this point. I think it's speaking volumes of what this country is going through right now in this election cycle in general. That The fact that Democrats have a fighting chance in a traditionally red state like Texas with, what, their 58 electoral votes? Like, it is... I mean, 
This is not a normal cycle. I will just say that. What else speaks volumes to me, though, is that Trump is still ahead in states. That still blows my mind. Well, let's not forget Jerry Vandering. I mean, yeah, you're right. He still has a big base, though. That is really weird. After everything that this country is going through right now. But it's not his fault. According to his supporters, definitely not his fault. I, I, I have a theory about that. And, uh, you know, I've been thinking a lot on that question. And uh, what I've decided is that being a Republican means never having to say you're sorry. I think a defining feature never of the psyche is the uh, inability to ever admit you're ever wrong about anything ever. Yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, become also about remaining in power and being essentially a fascist. But I think that kind of goes hand in hand with never admitting you're wrong. Uh, but uh, th- but nationally, it looks like Biden is leading by ten points. But Joe Biden does say that uh, don't let your guard down if if you if this is your guy, Joe, Joe Biden. Um, he says even the best polling can be wrong and quote, we, we cannot become complacent because the very searing truth is that Donald Trump can still win this race. And with every indication, uh, the thing is going to come down to the wire. That's what Biden's campaign manager said, more or less. It is. And, and pay attention to your ballots when you go to vote, because a lot of states, this, this, uh, year will have on the ballot measures to have your state move to off the electoral college system and move towards a popular vote system. And I think if enough states vote that into, Mm -hmm. am I right on this? If enough states vote that in to effect, then the, the country will move towards that system and where we sit right now is is for Democrats to ever get in power is we face a complete uphill battle every every election cycle because the electoral college naturally favors Republican votes. So we are automatically at a like disadvantage every election season. And it's it's hard unless you have a candidate like Obama to ever win an election, but for Republicans to win an election with a candidate like Trump is easy. Yep. You know, the electoral college is one of the uh, last holdovers from uh, slavery. Like it's one of the systems that was put in place uh, that was demanded by the Southern states. Otherwise they weren't going to sign on to the new constitution. And the other The only other possible rationale you could have for defending the electoral college would have been to to keep Trump from winning in the first place for them to, uh, you know, uh, disregard the votes in their state and, you know, cast a a vote of conscience or something. And and the electoral college failed failed to do that. They failed us as a country. They should have. Like I was waiting for those people to have some sort of backbone and moral conscience, and none of them did. Well, if um, Trump loses, he did say that he is going to leave the country, by the way. Did you guys hear this? He said this 
at a rally just the other day. And um, here, here they are. family is a criminal enterprise. Frankly, it makes crooked Hillary Clinton look like an amateur. Now, whoever saw anything like this, he goes to China. The kid is followed like a vacuum cleaner. He follows and follows and follows. And unfortunately, it sounds like he left his laptop behind or they have thousands. Oh, that's got to be the wrong clip. What the hell? <laughs> Anyways, he. <laughs> Damn it. But it, 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 you know, every, when I when I hear that uh, him t- speaking to a rally, I'm just like, that's just Rona fast right there. Like, I Rona, know, right? Rona, Rona, Rona. Yeah, yelling. Well, Trump did say he's going to leave the country if he loses. And, you know, he probably should because there's a lot of litigation coming his way. We ran out of time, but we'll talk about that next week. We do have to get to our guest, Emily Kincaid. She is running to represent Pennsylvania's 20th State House District, and she'll be on with us live next. It's news to us. Vote or die. It's news to us. Election 2020 coverage continues. Okay, the weirdest thing happened when we were trying to get our guest on the line, and I don't even know how to begin to explain it. We'll have to tell you after the interview because it's really strange. But Emily Kincaid is joining us. She's trying to represent Pennsylvania's 20th State House District. Emily, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. And sorry we're a little bit late. No, that's fine. Uh, I, I always say uh, I was late for my own birth, so I don't expect to be on time for anything after that. <laughs> so, oh, that's a good one. Uh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. So how are you? What are you, what are you doing? Are you, uh, I'm sure you're very, very busy right now, but what was your day like? Um, actually, I, I have been not terribly busy because I am, I'm unopposed in the general. So my real, my real battle was in the primary. Um, so I actually have been spending most of my time trying to get other people elected. Um, so that's been uh, my day. And then also going back to uh, working as a, as a lawyer uh, pretty much full time. So uh, oh. it's, it's been a little, it's been a little weird to go from running a campaign almost full time to then just kind of going back to my regular job. <laughs> that is weird. So who are you helping? So you're elected? Yeah. So you're pretty much in office. So there we go. Um, yeah. Unless something really weird happened, what could, what could happen? Could anything derail you right now? Probably not, right? Uh, I mean, barring a, a sudden, unexpected write-in campaign that I know nothing about, uh, I, it would be very difficult to, to kind of derail me. Okay. Is, it, is this normal for your district, uh, the Democratic uh, nominee, to run unopposed? Yeah, it's it's pretty normal. Um, you know, I, my district's in Pittsburgh, and it's a pretty blue district. Um, you know, every once in a while, there's a, a Republican who who does run, but it's very uh, unusual, and they normally don't get very much of the vote. Okay, well, we're going to talk a little bit about like your policies and what you believe in, and why you decided to run for office. But you know, we do like to get to know our guests on a personal level first, so. If you could have any cartoon characters on your bed sheets as an adult, who would they be? Which which uh, which cartoon characters? Uh, I would probably be Scooby Doo. I mean, ah. definitely be Scooby Doo. And by the way, there is no law against that, unless you're trying to make that enacted. <laughs> they 
they don't sell them in adult bed sizes, though, which is really the disappointing thing. You know, I go, and I have two young nephews, and they have all the fun bed sheets. And you go to the adult aisle, and you're like, well, here's gray or beige <laughs> or tan. Those are your options. <laughs> you're right. I think you need to change that. This should be the top platform you're running on. Zoom. Yeah, yeah. Legislative agenda: cartoon bed sheets for adults. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, what are you currently binge watching? Um, I am rewatching because I'm a huge nerd. Uh, I have been rewatching Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Okay, is that <laughs> uh, there's a lot of debate between Star Trek people. Is that one better than the Next Generation or not? Uh, I mean, I'm definitely a Next Generation girl, but I I, I think all of them are great in their own right. Um, but actually, what's been really interesting about Deep Space Nine is that it's it's probably a darker uh, Star Trek than than what you might expect from the other ones. It really kind of examines sort of the dark side of paradise, and it's yeah. been really interesting to watch in the Trump era because I'm watching this and going. This episode could be an allegory for right now, or this episode, or this episode, and and so it's almost been really like cathartic to watch um, in this at this point in time because I'm like, there's still hope for the future. Look, uh, you know, humanity in this in this timeline, uh, you know, that we we fixed it, we got it right, we figured it out. That's it. That's really you know, interesting. I, yeah, Jason. Well, I was gonna say I've I've been I watched uh, like a couple of years ago. I watched The West Wing for the first time. Just to, and it was weird because I it it did make it it comforted me in some aspect uh, compared to what we're living through now. Really, I, I get what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, you, you just you're like I want I want leadership like this. This is fantastic. Yeah. This just, is how it's supposed to be, but this exactly. is a reality. Like it's weird to have where Hollywood and you know entertainment is more of representing of what we want versus what we actually have. It should be the other way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's been interesting because so there were a bunch of star Trek stars that put on a, a fundraiser for Joe Biden, um, you know, last week. And there was a lot of pushback from people that said, leave politics out of star Trek. And, and anybody who's actually a star Trek fan knows that, it's all politics. Star Trek is inherently political. It was entirely designed as a show to show that humanity could move beyond and actually accept that diversity is not, it's not a hindrance to strength. And, you know, infinite diversity and infinite combinations and that we as a, a society could move past all of our differences. But it, it, it examined the human condition from by looking at it, you know, taken to the nth degree in a in an alien society. Here's a question for you: Klingons are they Democrats or Republicans? Uh, I think Klingons are Antifa. Ah, that's the Antifa. We finally found them. The Klingons. <laughs> We've been looking everywhere. Um. Yeah. I. Yeah. It's. Uh. It's. It's interesting. Yeah. It's, it, it, well, I just see the, a, a funny meme. We got the Star Trek thing in just a second, but. I saw a funny meme. It was like what uh, Democrats envision the future of being and then have like the Starship Enterprise bridge and then below it's like what Republicans envision the future being. It was Mad Max. I just thought oh, that, yeah. <laughs> that kind of sums it up. Um, yeah. But yeah. So you're, an, you're an attorney. So uh, tell us a little bit about your practice and what are you, where are you practicing law and what, how's that going? 
So uh, I I practice at a small firm. Uh, it's called the Grail Law Firm, and uh, I kind of joke that it's 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 just um, it's my boss who who owns the firm and a full time associate and and me. Um, and it's uh, I, I kind of joke that it, it runs on the power of my boss's personality. Um, but we do uh, uh, criminal defense, white collar criminal defense, and also sort of like compliance stuff. So it's, it, we work a lot in the federal um, side of things, which means that I wouldn't see any of the laws that would come up, um, you know, uh, on you know once I actually assume office um, that I've been dealing with in my job. But what's interesting to me always about um, white collar defense, or or that I've seen, is that there are. So many people who get caught up in this, I think there, there's this perception that, you know, these are all the Bernie Madoffs and these people are stealing money from mom and pop. And, and a lot of times what I run into is that these are people who themselves were conned or duped um, by, you know, very sophisticated people. Um, and, and, you know, it, it, you know, their whole life savings was wrapped up in it as well. And, mm. but they're also being charged with things. So it's, it's, one of those things that's like kind of eye-opening in, you know, we we look at situations and I think we come into a lot of things with an implicit bias about how things work and we all always have to be checking it. So this is this is not a defense for Trump. I just want to be clear, right? It is not. Okay. <laughs> but it would be a pretty good one, I, I feel like. But I, I yeah, don't know. it might be. So as you specialize in this white collar crime, that's really interesting because we're learning a lot about uh, all of the wrongdoings of of Trump, especially with his taxes. And uh, and we're all wondering as Americans, when the hell is this going to catch up to the president? Uh, do you have any special insight with your lawyer powers? Uh, it, it is hard. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, I in representing people. I'm like, if this was my client, we would be. Uh, terrified that, the, that he keeps talking uh at, you know he's out in the press he's saying these things and and yeah as a lawyer i'm like this person should have been charged if he was a client of mine uh who didn't have the power of the presidency behind him he would have been charged um and and actually what's really frustrating to me is the way that the justice department has really kind of abdicated its responsibility to protect the system of justice and has really become just a one more thing that's stumping for, for Trump and being used on his behalf to the point where the Justice Department today just announced that uh, president should, that, that you know the president can't be sued for denying rape charges because it he was said it in his official capacity, which is just so wrong on so many levels because you know, no one is asserting that the office of the presidency raped anyone. They're asserting that this man who sits in that office and to say that he said it in his official capacity is just, it, it just disgusts me on so many levels. That it it's really a very chilling Orwellian logic to it. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it's, yeah. it's just so, it, it is really disgusting that we are seeing him protected and was and the fact that he isn't even being prosecuted for anything, it all goes back to basically not even officially law, right? It was, from what I understand, it was just a memo that's been passed yeah, around. And, that, and that's largely how he's been defended. You know, these are just these are just memos. They're positions that the Justice Department takes 
And they do, to an extent, have the force of law in that they're effectively saying we, as as the arbiters of, of justice, we're the, we as the, the top prosecutors in the country are saying that a man, because of the role that he fills, can't be prosecuted, can't be held to the same accountability as any other as the average person in the U.S. Yeah, and that that is one thing that I don't know. If you were to change anything legally when it comes to the 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 office of the the highest office in the, in the land, what would you change after what we've seen? If what would be your number one priority? I know that's not what you're going to do in this capacity of your job, but um, say yeah. You, I mean, I think the thing that I will do is is very clearly outline uh, what it is that the that the president can be held accountable. For. For because we we really have avoided for a number of years, basically for the whole of uh, the history of the United States, defining what uh, you know what it is that a president can be impeached for, and and it's largely we've done it because we didn't want to acknowledge that a president would ever so grossly abuse his powers that we would need to do it. Um, and then now it's become a political football. And I think that that, that is the thing that we need to do is just very clearly define um, Congress's responsibility when it comes to abuse of power in the, in the presidency uh, so that you can't pretend like, uh, you know, just because you're a Republican that, you know, if, if your guy's in office, you're not going to vote him out, that it doesn't give them that shield. Well, the the Republicans' shield is hypocrisy. So I don't know, like, how do how do we fight that? That's that's the biggest thing we're up against. Yeah, oh, it, it absolutely is, and and it's tough. It's you know, I, I struggle with this as well because I keep looking at it and saying, how do you combat a a party that is so dedicated to just accruing power that no rules ever apply to them? And at the same time, maintain where you are dedicated to justice and fairness and uh, that, that the rules apply to everyone. Uh, you know, how do you how do you do that? And, and I think it's a it's a question that we all are still struggling with in a lot of ways. Right. The uh, shameless hypocrisy on display by the GOP is galling. It really is. It really is. By the way, we're talking yeah. to Emily Kincaid. She is the presumed uh, Democratic winner for state represent uh, to represent the, the, the district uh, 20th district in Pennsylvania is what I'm trying to say. But <laughs> yikes. Um, well, what's the first thing you're going to do when you're in office? There's I mean, there's a lot going on, obviously, with COVID. How do you feel about your state's response? I, I think Governor Wolf has done, you know, in large part, everything right. I think there's been some things that, that got a little confusing for people. Um, you know, the restaurant reopenings that, that we've been doing have been a little unclear for, for folks. But we, we have managed it in a lot of ways, in, in ways that other states really just have, have completely abdicated responsibility about. So I'm, I'm really impressed with the governor's. Uh, response to this. I'm really frustrated with the Republicans that are, so the Republicans control the state legislature, the state Senate, state house, and they don't wear masks in the state legislature. They don't mandate masks and they're constantly 
trying to overrule Governor Wolf on uh, all of his protections that he's trying to put in place and keep in place to protect people from a pandemic. They're making it political. Um, and, and there have been two outbreaks in the state house, uh, both of both, uh, started by Republican legislators, um, where they had to cancel session, shut down and, uh, and clean everything. And, uh, and they're still not wearing masks. I try not to like take joy in this, but there's really nothing, there's no joy in anybody getting COVID, but it is quite, uh, serendipitous we could say that republicans are the ones that keep getting the virus and spreading it because yeah, i think it was i think it was somebody who ran against nancy pelosi in a previous cycle who said you know she she put out a tweet that said you know it's interesting to me that you know all these all these prominent republicans are getting this and no prominent democrats and i was like you're so close to getting it you're so close <laughs> right and can I, so I don't know exactly what's happening in Pennsylvania, but are masks required outdoors? What, what is the mask policy? Uh, masks are required in all public spaces In all public. So if, yeah. So if you are, if you're, if, if you're in a restaurant, if you're, you know, out and, you know, unless you're eating, um, then, then you have to wear a mask. But here's um, the, here's the tough but, question. You know, it's, it's, it, it sort of is, you know, how do you, how do you enforce it on businesses that don't want to do it themselves? Um, has kind of been the struggle because, you know, do you send the state police to, uh, to go enforce it? And how do you make sure day to day, like, okay, they came in, they wrote you a fine for not wearing masks. Um, you know, the, the health department came in and they fined you. Um, and then the next day you're, you know, doing the same thing. We just don't have the resources to be able to, you know, keep up. Would you ever advocate for closing restaurants? Because from what I understand from what the science is saying is that it's like these, these enclosed areas where people are not wearing masks and they're talking a lot, they're eating, they're laughing and it doesn't matter. I mean, six feet we're learning might not even be far enough. We might have, I mean, to me, uh, just from what I've been reading, this is my own opinion is that restaurants seem to be, uh, and then of course also private gatherings where people aren't really giving a crap. Uh, the restaurants seem to be the the public hotspot. If you're um, indoor, indoor restaurants. Mm-hmm. So I mean, at, at what point do we say let's just let's shut down indoor restaurants, outdoor only, and if it gets too cold, sorry, restaurants, we have to wait until a vaccine. What are we What are we going to do here? Because we have a long winter to get through. It is, and and it's a it's a long winter for you know people who work in those restaurants is really the the tough part of this. You know, it's easy enough to say we're going to shut down these restaurants because that they're they're vex they're spurred this pandemic. But at the same time, if the restaurant workers, the restaurant owners um, aren't able to pay their bills, and you know we we haven't put back in place any kind of a rent or a mortgage mortgage. Um, and I think that if we're going to contemplate shutting down restaurants again, we absolutely have to give people relief in their bills uh, in conjunction with that. Because uh, people are saying, and I mean, in Pennsylvania, you're not allowed to evict anybody during a month, but, you know, it, it is this kind of cycle where, you know, people who own buildings uh, and are renting out buildings, um, if that's income, then they're also not getting paid. 
um, and and they can't make their bills, and it's just you know sort of a, it's a it's a cycle, a very quick downward spiral. You're going to have to enforce vaccine compliance. Are you ready for that? Oh yeah, I mean <laughs> you got to love that that the anti-vaxxer movement really surged right before a pandemic. Um, it's going to be very it's going to be very interesting, and and honestly, really where it's going to fall is is to uh, to the schools. Um, as, as it has for, for a long time to em, enforce vaccine compliance that, you know, kids can't go to school unless they're, you know, vaccinated. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's something that we really need to consider and contemplate that. Or what about you know, maybe the like teachers a- and the administrators there are going to get locked uh, when a vaccine comes out and it's all of a sudden going to, you know, be a mandate that if you want to go back to school, your kid has to be vaccinated and you have to be vaccinated. Right. And for for private companies, what about offering like a tax break or something if you require all of your employees to be vaccinated? I think something like that should be considered. Yeah, I think I think there should be nothing left off the table. Um, you know, we need to make it really, really uh, that we need we need to incentivize it, and we need to make it really, really painful if you don't uh, get vaccinated. Um, in whatever, you know, with whatever tools we have available to us, because, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who just can't uh, afford for us to not handle this pandemic and get vaccinated and have, you know, very quick herd immunity. Katie, Jason, Chris, any final thoughts, words, questions for Emily Kincaid? Uh, I just have one final question. But uh, uh, go ahead, Jason. Uh, will you trust the vaccine when it becomes available? I I will trust the science. You know, I I you know I I don't think that we should rush a vaccine just to have one. That's how people get really hurt, and that's how you end up almost proving anti-vaxxers' points. Um, you have to do it right. But you know, at a point where scientists are saying this vaccine is it, this works, we should absolutely be giving it out to people in mass. I'll be first in line. Are you worried about your uh, own health uh, in the uh, state house being around, uh, you know, a bunch of super spreaders who, who don't believe in the science at all? I mean, I, I, yeah, I think that, I think it's something you have to absolutely take seriously. Um, I, don't live with anybody so I don't I don't have the possibility of bringing it home and spreading it to my family members but uh, you know coming home and spreading it to my staff and spreading and them spreading it to their families um, is something that you know we all have to be cognizant of and, and I think that is really the the thing that frustrates me most about this is not you know to an extent I accept the the kind of risks that come along with working alongside people who don't trust science the way that I do. That's a, that's a risk that I can take for myself. Um, but all of these people who refuse to wear masks, they're endangering their own staff. They're endangering the janitors that work in, in the Capitol building. They're endangering people that they've never even spoken to and probably don't even know their name. And they're doing it to score cheap political points. And it is so frustrating. It's disgusting. I think it's just yeah. absolutely just, uh, I don't know, revolting. Yeah. 
But uh, well, good luck to you when you're in office. And I know your state right now is uh, has has Biden six points ahead as far as our latest research goes. So. Uh, yeah, so and we, we are we are in within spitting distance of flipping both the state house and the state senate, which to me is is critical if we're going to control the the recovery from this pandemic, from the shutdown, and make it a truly compassionate uh, recovery, which is what everybody needs. Do you remember when it used to be said that uh, you you know quote Democrats can't govern? You know, doesn't yeah. that look blank these days? Right. I don't. I don't think it's applicable anymore. <laughs> well, what are you? How are you going to be spending election night? It is just around the corner here. Are you? It's sort of like one of those. It's like a birthday for you. Like you're going to be celebrating, but you know it's coming up. So you're going to be like pretending to be happy. Is that what it's going to be like? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah, and and that's the thing is like it's hard to plan it out because I don't want to have a celebration that ends up being a super spreader event. Like I'm not going to do that to to people, but at the same time, you know, I think everybody just needs a little, especially on election night, depending on how it turns out, you need to be around friends and and people that are in your support group, because if you want to celebrate, you shouldn't be alone. And if, if things go really badly, uh, you shouldn't be alone. And we'd like to offer, this invitation to your extended support group. It's news to us. We'll be live on the air. Actually, if you'd like to drop in and call in and we'll, we'll check in with you, that'd be awesome. We'll be talking to a lot of different people all over the country who are either uh, in the race or maybe they've already, uh, they're going to be in office where we'll talk to different uh, commentators and journalists. We'd love to have your thoughts too during that night. Um, and it's going to be, sure. you're right. It's, uh, we well, don't have to commit to it now, but thank you. You're on record. You're on record. We're going <laughs> to, I am, I am. So we'll we look forward to catching up with you again on election night and, uh, congratulations. Uh, I, I shouldn't jinx anything. I'm going to knock on wood, but we're, we're, uh, looking forward I'll, to I'll take the congratulations. Uh, okay. you know, I, I, it's, uh, that, it would be a shocker if, if anything happens. There's so. a Mickey Mouse write-in campaign happening as I speak, and I don't want to jinx <laughs> it. So, uh, or John Luke Picard, perhaps. The Trekkies have turned... Maybe. Um, <laughs> They've turned on me. <laughs> if Jean-Luc Picard wants my seat, honestly, he can have it. That, that's probably my one caveat. He's, he's the guy that I'd be willing to give it up for. <laughs> he, was a, he was a closet Republican. I don't want to break this. Just kidding. No, there's... <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. Anyways, thank you so much, Emily Kincaid. Uh, good, you. good luck in Pennsylvania State. We're we're gonna be rooting for you and watching everything you do. Thank you. Thank Stay you so much you. for having me. All right. So uh, before that, we tried to get her on the line. It was the wrong number, and who we ended up reaching somebody very prominent. Who was that? We we uh we called Shannon Fresh Hour. Who's running against Jim Jordan in Ohio? How the Ohio hell did that District happen? Four. How in the hell did that happen? Well, I, we were just talking to this nice lady. I don't know. Jason said, "Vote." <laughs> <laughs> How in the heck did that happen? She's not on our list uh, for of uh, upcoming guests. I I don't know how that happened. Can we call her back? Right now, live. I say we call her live on election night. I'm saving the number. 
And we call her on election night and then check no, out. I, 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 no, that's I, mean. I, that's I would mean? prefer to call her beforehand. Yeah, I think we should call her now. I'm trying a to... tight race against Jim Jordan, I think. Yeah, let's call her and talk to her. Let's just, just say blue. hi. Thanks for the hey. chat earlier. Want to talk to us election night. Katie, can I give her the or give you the number and then maybe you call her this week and see if you can arrange a, a interview or something? Or just, yeah, okay, absolutely. Let's try. Okay, we'll be nice. We, it's not the old days where we just randomly like. Yeah, we're not people. prank callers. We're not, we're not butt yeah. dialers anymore. It would really be great if she could uh, be Jim Jordan, though. Oh, that would be amazing. Because who likes Jim Jordan? <laughs> Nobody. Nobody. Okay, we'll, we'll be right back. It's news to us. We have to hit this break, and then we'll wrap it up. Don't go anywhere. All right, we're back to just wrap it up because we went over live. Thank you for listening live on IW Radio. Reminder that we are going to be on election night. We have the whole night blocked off, and we're just going to go for as long as we can. We're going to talk about um, what's happening. I mean, it's a big night. Are you guys excited for this? Scared? No, I think we should reach out to Five Hour Energy and see if they'll uh, sponsor that show for us. Fuck that Red Bull. I'm super excited. Okay, Red Bull. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm nervous. Well, Chris, you're welcome to join to. Hey, Chris, are you going to join us on election night? Uh, I'm going to be working, yeah. unfortunately. Well, yeah. we'll be on for like 20 hours Just straight. So off. Feel free to drop Tell it. Tell me I'm you... COVID. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. There's a don't do that. Okay, don't do that. I was joking. Tell him you have a cough. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, don't do that. Just tell him right now I need uh, November 3rd off and 4th. Yeah, because you'll be hungry. Say so you're broadcasting to hundreds of thousands, like hundreds of thousand people. <laughs> hundreds of thousands. I, I, I might try to get the third off the second's my birthday anyway. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I have any time off right now. Because I didn't I'll, like a month ago. I don't know if I've accrued a day or not. I'll bake yeah, you a but, birthday uh, cake if you come over. Uh, well, it might be a socially distanced thing, so we don't know yet. We're figuring oh, it out. Yeah. Thanks, Katie. Yeah. Don't rub it in our we faces. We decided you were coming over. Yeah, with the state positivity oh, rate over nice. 5%, I don't know if we should. Yeah, we, it's got to be socially distanced. We've got to be responsible. I'm just saying, I don't know where okay. he's been. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But anyways, we'll be live at Adobe Radio doing our election thing. I forgot we were on the air just now. I thought so we did I. Um, <laughs> I no, we just haven't seen each other in months yeah. and all four of us getting together once. I mean, I feel like most people probably think we're pretty responsible. So I think you guys are kind of being pussies. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> We are in the middle of a pandemic. We are in the middle of a pandemic, and how often do we go out? I don't want to be Never. The, the winter. I mean, this is the, the this is the agony everybody goes through. Though we're about to go into winter, and it's going to get worse. Yeah, so we should probably get together once before that fucking happens. But you know why winter gets worse is because of people in the fall. Oh jeez, Louise! Uh, don't you're you're creating a, a situation in our household right now, Eddie. <laughs> All right, sorry guys. You're gonna have to deal with. I'm not gonna deal with it. <laughs> well. All right. Well, let's, let's not get too comfortable with with what's going on. I'm just worried about <laughs> everything. Anyways, uh, you think we have germs, Eddie? 
No, no. I'm worried Eddie has germs. <laughs> you should be. Oh. All right, we'll be right back. But we're gonna be right back. We're done. We're done. All right. We're done. That's we're it. We have done. to get off the air. Get us off the air. I hate I, I can't Pull anymore. It's done. No more. Appreciate it very much, Tim Apple.